What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports for Friday, November 10th. Uh, a weird day, almost a day where I didn't do a show. In fact, normally I wouldn't do a show if I was just unprepared, but I had a couple things I really wanted to talk about. And my goal is to not make long-form content or content just for the sake of doing content. I want to do a show when I have something interesting to say and something to talk about. And I have four topics. I do have four things I really want to talk about. Should be short. I don't think I'm going to do any breaks. No music in between, nothing like that. A quick show, in and out, but a couple things I want to talk about. I want to start with this. Last night uh, was actually a really a surprisingly good football game. I normally don't like Thursday night football. It's, the games kind of suck. The matchups aren't ever that good. Monday night football is not that good either, but Thursday night football especially has not impressed me this year. But last night, the Seahawks and the Cardinals was quite a good game. We watched the Seahawks beat the Cardinals 22-16 to and had a lot of takeaways from that game. It, it, was, it was quite good. It was quite entertaining. Um, I thought the Seahawks were going to go out and really give it to the Cardinals a little bit more than they did. Uh, I, I was surprised that they didn't absolutely dominate, but they didn't. Uh, and that resulted in a better, more interesting football game, uh, surprisingly. The big story of the game for the Seahawks is penalties. I love the Seahawks. I'm a big Seahawks fan. I want them to win. I think they're a favorite for the Super Bowl, but I keep saying every week they're making fixable mistakes, and penalties last night was their big fixable mistake. All season it was their offensive line. Now it's penalties on defense. It just When are they going to finally have a game where they put it all together? That's my only question. They need to actually fix the problems. Because I say every week, oh, it's the offensive line, or it's the penalties, or it's this, or it's that, and they just need to fix their fixable mistakes, and they're still not doing it. They're not getting to the point and fixing their issues. So eventually, either it's going to catch up to the Seahawks and their fixable mistakes are going to be a problem that they can't fix and they don't fix and they're going to lose or issues like the offensive line and penalties on defense, weird inability sometimes to complete passes. These small issues need to be solved and fixed so they can win games in the playoffs. I think the Seahawks are okay. The Seahawks need to fix their mistakes, but they will. They'll tidy up. They'll get better and better as the season progresses. And I think the Seahawks will make a good run down the stretch in the playoffs. Man, Shaq Griffin looked great last night. Shaq Griffin, the young corner for the Seahawks, really played well. It was encouraging. It was good to see. Um, But the big news that everyone wants, and I will say this, man, by the way, Russell Wilson, that guy was made to do post-game interviews. Every time Russell Wilson steps up to the podium, Russell Wilson, I know this is a tangent. I just, I wanted to say, Russell Wilson after the game was unbelievable. If you know, we talk about Cam Newton all the time, how he's inconsistent and all over the place. If only every quarterback had the same attitude and mindset as Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, every time he steps up to the podium, is just unbelievable. Like, we don't give him enough credit for that. It really, because Cam Newton can't even do a Tuesday night press conference, let alone after a game where you win, even lose. Cam Newton cannot do the press conference. Russell Wilson is the best. He's better than Tom Brady. He's better than Aaron Rodgers. If you put a mic in front of Russell Wilson, he's the best person answering questions in the entire NFL. There's something to be said for that because it brings stability to your franchise. But back to Shaq Griffin. Shaq Griffin looked fantastic. He's, he's really, Shaq Griffin's a corner for the Seahawks, and it's really um, very encouraging to see young guys like him because we talk all the time, I do at least, about how the Seahawks need to eventually move on from guys like Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, and start investing in their young talent and get a better offensive line. Because you can't have everything you want. You can't have a great offensive line and a great defense and great receivers and a great quarterback. There's a salary cap for a reason. You have to pick and choose your battles. And I think it's getting closer to time where we need to start stop paying money to guys like Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas because they're getting old. And I always argue that the Patriots would trade them. The Patriots would get what they could for them and get rid of them. 
And the Patriots are the best run franchise in the NFL. If you're going to emulate anybody, emulate the New England Patriots. But the big news was not that Shaq Shaq Griffin played great. The big news was that Richard Sherman got hurt. I love Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, he is uh, he's one of those foundational players in the NFL who every time he opens his mouth, he's always interesting. He's always fun. He's always kind of... Russell Wilson's bland. Russell Wilson always gives very good PR answers. Richard Sherman is known for being honest and real and authentic. And I love, love... You know, I don't love listening to a Russell Wilson talk, but I can acknowledge he's great. Richard Sherman, I always love hearing him talk. Because again, he's honest and authentic and real. But last night, Richard Sherman got hurt. Uh, a big a big thing before the Seahawks because they struggle without Richard Sherman. Whenever one of the guys, whether it's Cam Chancellor or Earl Thomas or Richard Sherman, whenever one of those guys isn't playing for them, it's a concern. They don't play as well. But here we have a chance to see how do the Seahawks do without Richard Sherman. Because I've said before, they need to trade Richard Sherman. He's getting up there. Get what get some value for him. Get a draft pick or get some offensive lineman who can help you. Because defense is awesome. You need defense to win games. But Russell Wilson is the most important part of that franchise, not Richard Sherman. He's a great teammate, great guy. But we get a chance to finally see what can the Seahawks do without Richard Sherman. And my argument would be this. And thank God we got didn't have to trade Jeremy Lane, by the way. My, I'll get to my argument in a minute. We almost lost Jeremy Lane, the backup corner, to the Texans in that trade. And then Jeremy Lane failed a, a physical and got sent back from Houston to Seattle. And then we see him last night playing on Thursday Night Football doing well. It's like, wow. Thank goodness. Thank goodness we didn't lose him in that trade. Because now we need him. Now the Seahawks need Jeremy Lane. Without Jeremy Lane, the Seahawks uh, would really struggle without Richard Sherman. But now without Richard Sherman, they might be okay. And this will be a big test. Because I would argue that if the Seahawks are okay without Richard Sherman, if they win a Super Bowl, if they make a deep run into the playoffs and they play well on defense and don't need him, trade him. Get rid of him. He's an older guy with a big contract and you can get value for him and you should get value for him before it is too late. I love Richard Sherman. I think he's a great player. It's not personal. But what are the Seahawks or what are the Patriots known for? What do the Boston Celtics do? They made a, a cold, non-emotional trade and traded Isaiah Thomas to the Cavaliers. That is what we need to do. We cannot be gripped with emotion and not do what's best for our franchise. And I think it's possible what's best for the Seahawks franchise is to get something for Richard Sherman. Trade him away. Get some offensive linemen. Get someone who can help you. And I'm really excited to see, will the Seahawks be okay? Can they survive without Richard Sherman? Can they thrive without Richard Sherman? Will their defense be good or not? That is very interesting to me. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing over the next couple weeks and the rest of this season. How does the Seahawks defense do without Richard Sherman? And if he does, if they do well, I would actually trade and move on from Richard Sherman. Last Thursday, and last night, the Richard Sherman injury also raised a, it reinvigorated the, invigorated the debate that Thursday night football should not exist. That Thursday night football is bad for safety um, and, and puts players in danger. And I agree, it's hard. I can't imagine playing a game on Sunday and four days later playing a football game on Thursday. I don't know what the answer is. I haven't thought enough about it in depth. I do know that there's a balance between, you have to make the balance between economics. Because if Thursday Night Football is really profitable and really helping them, economically, you got to say, eh, we got to do this. 
but you also have players. And let's look at them not as players for a minute. I know that's not okay. It's not great. Look at them as products. If you're putting your products or your show in danger because you're injuring them, that's not good. If Richard, if the league needs Richard Sherman, if the league needs Russell Wilson and you're endangering them, that's bad news. Because what if we were selling, let's say a mouse, if we're selling keyboard mice and keyboard mice are great. And what you're doing now is if you're putting your product in danger where this act, if choosing to sell keyboard mice on a Thursday could injure keyboard mice and hurt your sales later on, that's a bad move. I'm looking purely from economics. If hurting your players isn't good for money, obviously don't do it. Now, let's look at the human. They're also human beings, right? We don't want to hurt our players. They're already in danger as it is playing football. There's no real safe way to play football. You don't want to hurt your players. So I need to, I need to really digest and look at all the arguments and see what everyone's saying, kind of deduce my own reasoning. I'm going to try to do that next week. But it's an interesting debate because finances are very important. The NFL is ultimately a business, but they're also human beings. And we don't want to put NFL football players in positions where they're already in a position to get hurt. They're already at a disadvantage by playing football already. But then give them less rest. Give them less time to prepare. Uh, it's not good. It's really not great. And we don't want to, as consumers, watch games like the Pro Bowl, where guys aren't trying on Thursday nights. That's definitely not good. It's not good for consumers. It's not good for business. And again, these are people. We don't want to do something that will put people in further danger and more danger of getting hurt in the NFL. I was watching the, the Cardinals last night thinking, man, how long has it been since the Cardinals are really good? It's sad. I mean, they've gotten dealt some bad hands. But I really, really hope the narrative does not go to this. The Cardinals should not fire their head coach, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is a fantastic coach. He should keep his job. I don't know if he will. I don't think he will. There's no narrative. I think I'm the only one talking about this today. Don't fire Bruce Arians. But I really don't think you should. And I'm going to give you an argument for the sake of argument because it's where my brain went. Every time I see a team, oh, they're not doing very good. Are they? Is their coach on the hot seat? I really hope Bruce Arians is fine. I hope Bruce Arians is safe. He's a great coach and he deserves to keep his job. Because the truth is, last night, Drew Stanton, the quarterback for the Cardinals, he was the difference. He was the reason. The Cardinals quarterback was the reason why the Cardinals lost. Because they were in that game. The Seahawks were giving them opportunity after opportunity after opportunity on a platter by making mistakes, having penalties, screwing up. The Seahawks were trying to lose that game last night, and the Cardinals could not capitalize because the Cardinals quarterback was not good enough to make plays when it was necessary. What's my favorite saying on this show about quarterbacks? About any player, really. I say big-time players deliver in big-time moments. And over and over and over again, Stanton did not deliver last night for the Cardinals. I watched this guy miss open throw after open throw after open throw, miss reads. He's trying, he's really trying, but he was the difference. He wasn't good enough. So why Bruce Arians should not be fired is this. Bruce Arians' hands are tied. You would not get mad at someone for losing a race to a Lamborghini if they were driving a Corolla. My favorite car is a, I drive a 95 Corolla. It's a great car. That car is not winning any races anytime soon, especially not against a sports car. Last night, Bruce Arians was driving a Corolla against Pete Carroll's Lamborghini. He's at a disadvantage because his car isn't good enough. He's at a disadvantage because his quarterback is not good enough. And quarterbacks are the key to everything in the NFL. 
Look, they're well coached. Guys are open. The coaching is not the issue. The issue is the quarterback. And Bruce Arians is great with quarterbacks. Bruce Arians is a quarterback guy. This is the guy that coached Andrew Luck as a rookie and had that breakout year when Chuck Pagano was hurt. This is the guy who coached Peyton Manning as a rookie, who helped shape Peyton Manning into what he is. I read Bruce Arians' book this summer. He's, oh, it's fantastic. I'm a nerd. I, I love football. I know that Bruce Arians is the kind of guy who does not stay in the office till 11. Bruce Arians goes home to his family. And he encourages everyone who works under him to go home to their family. He's a good family guy. He's a guy I'd love to play for. Who's built a good culture, I think, in Arizona. The quarterback is the issue. The team, the culture, and the coach are not the issue. Maybe, you know, maybe Bruce Arians would like to retire at the end of this season. Because I know, again, he's the kind of guy that wants to spend time with his family. He's driven. I'm not questioning his drive or desire to be successful, but he understands family's important. He doesn't like people sleeping at the office. He doesn't allow that. And I would argue, if Bruce Arians wants to, if he wants to coach next year, let the man coach. Do not fire him. Because when's the last time we really saw Bruce Arians with a good quarterback? Carson Palmer? Carson Palmer's not a great quarterback. Carson Palmer's career was resurrected by Bruce Arians. Carson Palmer is done. I was shocked. I was so surprised the Cardinals did not draft a new quarterback this offseason. Because it's time. It is time for the Arizona Cardinals to go out and get themselves a quarterback. I say give them an offseason. They'll get Josh Allen or Josh Rosen or one of these quarterbacks. Get a quarterback and let's see what Bruce Arians can do. Because he, he does not have a quarterback right now. He certainly does not. And the last time he had a great quarterback, a great young quarterback, was Andrew Luck. And he dominated. I think he took them into the AFC Championship. Bruce Arians is a special coach who deserves, not only deserves, he's earned it and he deserves it, but he's good enough that he should. He needs a guy who believes in him. And the owner for the Cardinals hopefully believes in him. I'm sure he does. I mean, if you talk to Bruce Arians every day, I'm sure you know he's doing everything he can to win games. But I'm excited for the future for Bruce Arians. I want to see the man with a quarterback in a position to win games. Because I believe in Bruce Arians. He's one of those special coaches in the NFL who's built a good culture and a good team and just needs a quarterback. And if you never believed how important a quarterback is, look at the Arizona Cardinals. A good team with good receivers and a great coach who cannot win games because they don't have a quarterback. I want to stick on the topic of quarterbacks. There's a quarterback... In the NFL, who it's just a unique story, a kind of a sad story, but a special story. And I want to appreciate Josh McCown. Josh McCown is one of those guys who he's 38 years old, playing quarterback in the NFL, having the best season of his career, which is ironic and weird. That never happens. Most most players can't play until they're 38, and let alone a guy, a journeyman, who has never really had a home, never been a starting quarterback until this year. And Josh McCown is absolutely dominating, and that's really exciting to see. The New York Jets are 4-5. and five. A better record than anyone expected the Jets to have. And the reason the Jets are doing well this year, not great, but it, I, would be, I would love to see the Jets slide into like a playoff spot. That'd be, oh, that'd be unbelievable. Because I picked the Jets to be 0-16 at the beginning of this year. Me and many, many other people did not believe in the Jets. 
And the Jets have defied all odds. In fact, the Jets winning really isn't helping the Jets because the Jets are better off losing games. I thought the Jets were going to tank this year. The Jets need a quarterback. Even with Josh McCown, even with their 38-year-old quarterback who's dominating. Not dominating, but playing really well. They still need a quarterback. Look, I, I understand why people... No one wants to invest in a 38-year-old quarterback. Especially not the Jets. If I'm the Jets, I'm like, my hands are tied. What do I do? I have a quarterback who's good, but I can't pay him. I can't invest in him. I can't trust for him in, in the future. I said this earlier. I have a 95 Corolla. It's a great car. It runs better than all of my friends' cars. It's a fantastic piece of machinery. Great transmission. My, my brother put a ton of money into it and when he owned it. And my, when my brother died, he left me his car. But, uh... I'm not going to put a lot of money into my brother's Corolla. Because guess what? It's not that great. It's a good car, but it's not the car of the future. I would put a lot of money into a newer car. A car that's younger, a car that's newer, has a future. But the future of my 22-year-old car is not bright. I'll be lucky if it lasts a couple more years. It has 275,000 miles on it. 275,000. That's incredible. That's half a million, half a, half a million miles are on my car. Or sorry, a quarter, a quarter million miles are on my car. Over a quarter million. I'm not going to keep driving that. So Josh McCown is, is doing something special, but he's not the quarterback of the future for the Jets. And, and in fact, Josh McCown's such a weird, sad story that I almost got him confused with his brother, Luke. Luke McCown is also an NFL quarterback. And when I hear McCown, I don't even know Josh or Luke. I don't know. But the guy's a quarterback of the Jets. It's impressive. It's exciting. And it's a rare story that a guy at 38 throws 13 touchdowns, runs for three touchdowns, and has a 70.4% completion percentage. Okay, if he was 23 years old, he would be, we'd be so excited. He would be the future of the Jets. But he's 38 years old. And so no one's going to appreciate him the same way we would if he was 23. But I want to take a moment and appreciate Josh McCown. The reason why the Jets are 4-5, and five, the reason why the Jets are not having a great season, but they're having a season that they're afloat and they're winning games. And the reason is Josh McCown. A cool story and a great guy. I encourage you to look him up. He's a lot of fun. I want to end the podcast with this today. The Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City Thunder are four and seven. Oklahoma City Thunder are a team I absolutely despise. I was the last of the Sonics fans in the world. And when the Sonics moved to Oklahoma City, I could I couldn't follow. I, I was like, you know, I lost my basketball team. You moved them away. And for a couple of years, I didn't even watch the NBA. I was mad. I hated the NBA. I just threw my pen, but that was funny. Uh, I could not be a fan. I'm the first person to tell you I hate, hate the Thunder. I don't like Carmelo Anthony. I'm not a big Russell Westbrook fan. Paul George is fine. I hope he goes to the Lakers. But everyone is jumping on this story. Oh, the Thunder are 4-7. and seven. The Thunder are terrible. They have a losing record. Can the Thunder make it happen? Are they going to be any good? Yeah. I, look, I think Carmelo Anthony's cancer. And I don't like the Oklahoma City Thunder. But... Come on, guys. We all know the truth. 
The truth is, the Oklahoma City Thunder will be fine. They will figure it out. They're going to have a good season. I believe in them. I don't like that. I wish I didn't. But they're too good. They have four good stars. And you can make up whatever narrative you want, but the Thunder will eventually figure it out. Do you remember when LeBron James first left the Cleveland Cavaliers? And he joined the Miami Heat? They struggled at first. Because it takes time to build together. It takes time to figure it out. Very few people can just suddenly join a team and instantly, without any practice, without any reps, without any growing pains, dominate. If LeBron James can't do that, if LeBron James takes time to build chemistry with people, nobody else can do that either. LeBron James sets the benchmark. The Thunder are fine. Quit overreacting. Everyone wants to make this narrative that the Thunder suck or they're not any good and ah, this and that. And what's it going to take? Is Russell Westbrook a good leader? Guys, it just takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day. I think this is the first time in my life that this, of, of, through all the times I've done this podcast, this week was the first time I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I feel good. I'm on a roll. I've been doing the show for four months now. Finally, now I'm hitting my stride. But it took me four months. I can't imagine playing basketball. If I had to work with five other people and it wasn't just me containing everything, building everything, I can't imagine. It's hard to work with a team of people, and it takes time to build chemistry. Be patient. Relax. The Oklahoma City Thunder will be fine. It'll just take time for them to develop and build into a new, better team. Because the Thunder have great players. They have Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony. There's a fourth one. I can't remember his name right now. The Thunder are a playoff team. I don't know that they're going to beat the Warriors. They will not win a championship. I really hope Paul George goes to the Lakers. I hope Paul George and LeBron both go to the Lakers. But do not overreact. The Oklahoma City Thunder are going through growing pains. It takes time to build chemistry, and it takes time to build rapport with each other so you can win games. I believe in the Thunder. Do not buy into the hype that their record will last the rest of this season. The Thunder will be okay. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. A shorter day. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. I made an effort. I'm I'm running really late for something right now. But I wanted to do a podcast because I like doing a podcast. I'm committed to doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But I didn't want to put out something that was absolute garbage. I'm very interested in putting out interesting content. But I don't want to make content for the sake of making content. Who knows? I might listen to this and not even put it out. But it's pretty likely I will. I feel good about it. I had a couple things to say. Seahawks will be okay. Do not fire the Cardinals coach. We need to fix the Seahawks mistakes. I believe in Josh McCown. It's cool. It's fun. It's a good story. And the Oklahoma City Thunder are not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Follow Strong Opinion Sports. Subscribe to it on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on YouTube. I put these videos out on YouTube. I also put my own most interesting clips on YouTube. You can find them there. And tell your friends about the show. If you like Strong Opinion Sports... If you're a fan of Strong Opinion Sports, do me a favor. Have a conversation with your friend and say, hey, Jimmy, I know you love podcasts, but Jimmy, you haven't heard of Strong Opinion Sports. Let me tell you, Strong Opinion Sports, fantastic. You got to check it out. It's a really good show. And my friend Zach does it. He's awesome. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Strong Opinion Sports for Friday, November 10th. Have a great weekend. Be safe and have a great day, everybody.